Hey, good morning. Man, so cool to have the whole church, really. But this is actually only about half of our church, if you think about that, um, in the same room this morning. Uh, so if you take a look around, we have kids and adults in the same space, which is so awesome. Um, th- today's actually the first time in uh, just really here that we get to welcome another environment going on at the same time, which is uh, we're actually broadcasting live for the first time today, um, so which is fun. Yeah, we got some people that like the Facebook stuff. Um, so that'll be a, just a tool for you um, over the next uh, few weeks as you travel. You can still join our gatherings. So if you're joining online this morning, uh, hello. Uh, welcome to our church. And uh, so excited to be that. Um, so, hey, happy fourth weekend. So cool to do that. We, we have been, um, we're going to kick off a series today called Gadget and Gizmos. Uh, but really, that goes alongside our, uh, our summer challenge curriculum. So what we're going to be experiencing and really diving into over the next few weeks are the same things that our kids are going to experience over, the, 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 over that week. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Right now, we have 168 kids registered uh, for that week, which is awesome, and 78 volunteers. Come on, come on, somebody. Let's go. That's awesome. Oh, the day we celebrate the idea that kids can experience Christ on their level. Um, and we, we, have the, we have the moment where we can, we can really pour into that um, with, with, with all these students, uh, a lot of kids from the community, kids that don't attend the community covenant. And, and when we say that we're a church that's all about lives changed by Christ, that's what we mean, man. We, we don't, you know, the kids aren't just the church of tomorrow. Uh, they're a part of our church today. Come on, kids. Where are we at? Come on, where are we at? All right. And, uh, and so that's, that's something that is exciting to do that. So, hey, today, grab your Bibles. You have a Bible on your seat. There are some more Bibles here in the front row. Uh, grab your Bibles. You're going to go to Psalm chapter 139, which is page 518, page 518 and page 519. Um, grab that Bible and go to town on Psalm 139, um, and you will be able to follow along in the New Living Translation today. Um, and we're just going to, it's going to take about... Um, it's going to take about three hours to get through this text today, um, so I hope you I hope you got your seatbelts on today. Um, the kids are like, "All right, yeah, this is terrible." Actually, the last few weeks, if you were downstairs in kids' church, it felt about three hours long, right? Yeah, because we went over went over our gatherings a couple weeks in a row. Sorry about that. Um, but Psalm one thirty nine, just join there. Um, today is a psalm. We're going to talk about how God created us. Um, you can talk about how God created us in a way uh, that really is, is an incredible thing. Uh, but the whole psalm in and of itself, I think on this weekend, this July 4th weekend, um, will really share a whole lot about where you might be going through, uh, what, what really our country is going through um, in some different ways, uh, but really uh, what, what we as people, as humans, go through. Um, sometimes I talk to people um, throughout our uh, week they say, man, just the Bible doesn't have anything for me today. It doesn't have anything to say. It's kind of an irrelevant, kind of a dusty book. And it really talks about some of the, just the human struggles of what it's like to follow God, to really just live as a human. Um, and so today we're going to dive into that. Psalm 139 really is a, it's a song. So everyone, and, and just real fast, on, on the count of three, just shout out your favorite song to me and, uh, and just let me know what you got. All right, one. Two, three. Freebird. All right, Freebird. I love it. I love it. That was the only guy that actually knew his favorite song immediately. It was my Freebird man over here. 
Songs are really expressions of the heart. What you find as most important, you will sing about. That's our culture today. Uh, you're, you're playing it on the radio, um, and people are just singing about just heartbreak. They're singing about stuff at their jobs. They're singing about making that money. They're singing about all these sorts of stuff. But songs, what you sing about really, what it really is what you really hold as some of the most valuable things of your life. And so, man, when we're driving in the car with Jaden and Channing, um, I, I'm, you know, Jaden might be singing along with the song, and I'll, I'll press pause, and he'll be like, not again, not again, please, God, no. And I'm like, hey, wh- what's this guy singing about? What's this guy singing about? I don't know, he's singing about uh, thrift shops and getting clothes so he can go out and that sort of thing. I'm like, okay, cool, so, how, so let's, t- let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about how we can, uh, you know, use, I don't know, different things. We can maybe dive into a conversation about what he's singing about. If you look at the, the lyrics of a song, that's exactly what a psalm is. And there's multiple authors, multiple different things. So a lot of times we read these just as text, but really you got to think that this is like, you know, this is like cat country 98.1, man. This is, this is some of like the world's best, Right. Um, this is like 92.3. This is, this is, this is pro-FM in its glory uh, for this time. And this is David really pouring into all um, that he uh, is about. So 139, David finds himself in conflict. How many times have you found yourself in conflict here this morning? Can I get an amen? Come on now. Conflict or tragedy or tension. David finds himself in a moment where he needs to pull himself out of all the junk of his life. See, many times what we do when we find ourselves in junk, we put our heads down and we just keep working, we keep trudging and we keep doing it, you know, and eventually one day, maybe soon, I will experience the peace that my hard work will pay off. Does that sound familiar? That kindergarten is tough. And we have to, but, but what happens is you move and you move and you put your head down and you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Eventually, one day, God will pay me back for all the hard work that I've done. And it's actually not the point. What we have to do, especially as followers of Christ, if you follow Jesus in here today, you're going to. Find yourself at moments where you need to pull back and you say, you know what, my life is crazy right now. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it on my worst enemy, what I'm going through. It's tough. And yet David finds himself thanking God for a few things today that actually make him view his circumstances differently. Out of the heart... The mouth speaks, Jesus says, and this is his heart being expressed to God that although I'm in all sorts of turmoil, although I'm in all sorts of junk, I'm still able to step back out of it and say, God, you need to wire me right now because what I'm going through doesn't match what I really want to go through, and I need to yet stay founded upon all that you are because life can find ourselves in all different sorts of things. We can find ourselves in all different parts of life in that. And so Psalm 139 starts out with this. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. 
You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. So he starts off with this. Say, oh, Lord, you have examined my heart. You know me. You know me. So, okay, you find yourself in a tough, tense, nasty situation. You got to step back and say, okay, God, you know me. And you know my heart, you know my motives, you know everything about me. The, the word know there literally is the most intimate word that you could potentially express about another person. God, you, you know me. You know me. You've searched my heart. He says, you can still thank us. He's about to express this thankfulness to God for number one. He's expressing him that you are acquainted with all of my ways. Can you imagine how frightening that is? Me, just me today. All right, cool. That's amazing. In the midst of his circumstances, he can look up and say, God, I'm so thankful that you are acquainted with all of my ways because the way that my motives are being displayed right now, the way that people are reading them, they're all messed up. The hell stuff that I'm going through right now, it really just, it's bringing up all the worst in me. My relationships, they're, they're all over the place, and I'm, and I'm really trying hard to keep, keep everything just in, in this homeostasis. I'm trying to keep everything balanced, and yet, yet God is bringing up the worst in me. You're acquainted with all of my ways. You know me. You know when I'm going to sit down. You know when I'm going to stand up. You know how I work. You know how I rest. You know who I am at the most deepest level. For David, this is so comforting. Because you, we spend most of our time thinking about what the other person thinks, doesn't, don't we? We do we like, okay, I got to make sure that I display the most, like the best version of myself there is. And when I do that, I'll have peace. How's that going for you? He said, you know me. You know when I'm going to sit. You know when I'm going to stand. You know when I'm going to jump. You know when I'm going to fall down. You know, you know everything about me. Thank you, God. I'm so thankful that you know it all. Don't you know, that, don't you realize, or don't you, when you read the Bible, there are people in the Bible that talk about God in a way that, that you want to talk about God? Yes. Moses, God literally says to Moses, I have found favor, you have found favor in my sight, I'm going to do whatever you ask me. Guess what he asked God? Show me your glory. What? The creator of the entire universe says, I'm going to give you anything that you want right now. And he says, show me your glory. He's denoting some sort of a relationship here. God, there's a relationship. There's a pursuit that this isn't just a religious thing that we do on Sundays. Yes, it's serious. I'm about to give this one a microphone right here. 
feeling that. What's your name, buddy? What, what's, Will. Oh, it's Will. What's up, buddy? All right. He says, you know me. It's a relationship. Just thank God, thank you for that. Moses says, show me your glory. David says, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you. You did not say that to your wife this morning when you woke up. It's my favorite one. You didn't say that. I know it. You're, there's no way you are that romantic. There's no way you're romantic. Yo, yo, babe, my soul pants for you this morning. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. My wife's probably watching online right now, too. She's like... Easy, easy. Paul, Paul says, I want to know Christ, even in his sufferings. I want to know him. I want to know him. The disciples, Jesus tells his disciples, wait in Jerusalem till you get me. In Acts chapter 1. And so for David, it's extremely comforting that there's a creator that knows him. It knows everything about them. Because you know what we do? When, we're, when we stop proving ourselves, we rest. And for you, maybe you're going into the summer right now and your circumstances are all over the place. You might have relationships or health or finances or wherever you're at. And you've been trying to keep it all together. And Jesus invites you today to rest. He knows you. So he thanks God. Thank you, God. For being, for, for being acquainted with all of my ways. Number two, he presents, he says, you, you are present with me always. He says, thank God, you're acquainted with everything about me. And so clearly, if you know where I'm going to sit when I fall, what's the next natural question that you're going to ask yourself? Where can I actually go and have you not be there? And so he picks up in verse 7. He says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the, of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And so he says, okay, 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 you know everything about me. And if you know everything about me, where can I actually run and move away from you? Where can I actually do that? He says, he says you're in the light. You're in the dark. You're in heaven and you're in hell. He says, even in my mother's womb, you're there with me. Moving and, 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 and wiring me together. See, the deal is what, 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 what David here is moving back towards. He's trying to make illustration of, of Genesis 1 and 2. He's trying to move us back to what creation was before sin broke it all apart. He says, you were created in God's image. 
God invested in you his glory so that you could participate in the ongoing creation of the world. Everything about you was made that way. Everything about you was pointed towards this thing. Genesis 1 says that when God created the world, that his spirit hovered over the formless and void world. That word here in the Hebrew is the phrase tohu vavohu, which is amazing to say. Come on, kids, let me hear you say tohu vavohu. Yes, you'll never use that again. That's, that's amazing. Tohu vavohu. Formless and void literally means chaos. And so creation, the story of creation, is literally a God that cares for his people and is ordering the chaos into something that's flourishing, into something that's full of shalom, into something that's full of peace. Don't we need a little bit of the ordering of the chaos today? So he says to us today, he invites you to come out of hiding. What what sin forces us to do is drives you into isolation to say, nobody actually knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody can help me. What sin does is it drives you away like, okay, okay, I, I, I am broken and I can't do anything about it, but I got to do my best to stand on my own two feet and I got to pull up my bootstraps in order for the world to know that I'm okay. You know what, at the, point, at, the, at the foundation of that thought is pride and sin, that you can have God without God. What David says here today, he says, you can't get away from God. He's there. No matter how far you run from him, he's, a, he's just, just there, ready to turn around, ready for you to turn around and be with him because he knows you. For David, this is comforting that although I feel chaotic, I feel like a mess, I feel all over the place, my relationships, my finances, everything just feels all over the place. And in my shame, I'm tempted to hide. And Jesus invites you today to turn around and be with him. He even says to the point that I created you with this in mind. I created with you to participate with all of this together. And so he invites you into this. I, I love, I can just picture David sitting there. And being reminded that he's got a greater purpose in life than the circumstances that he's going through in that moment. He's being reminded that he's created in the image of God. I'm a part of the ongoing restoration of the world. I'm a part of this ongoing creation to to see the world flourish according to God's good design. Like I'm a part of that, of celebrating the goodness of life. I'm, I'm a part of what God's mission is for the world. Like I'm a part of that. And it's so easy to just say, I'm just completely defined by my terrible uh, circumstances, by my sickness, by my marriage, by my money. I'm just defined by all of that, and I can't potentially get over the shame that might be hiding right here in order to actually participate in that. God's inviting you today. Thank God that we can say, you know all about me, and I can never flee from you. Jesus wants to sit right in the well with you, man. He wants to be with you today and encourage you to say you're a part of something bigger. 
And so he, he says, thank God for this. Now, I love this part because David, like, turns into, like, turns in, like, a manic episode real fast. It's really strange. Um, but it's, it's, a really, it's, a, it's a really intense sort of idea. He says this, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? They cannot be numbered. That's okay. That's cool, right? I can't even count them. They're outnumbered in the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Then he just turns. And I'm like, David, calm down, bro. Chill out. He says, oh, God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Whoa. Whoa, chill out, man. Hang out. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh, Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total Hatred for your enemies are my enemies. And so you have different translations, different things. I, I, New Living Translation, I don't think, um, you know, gets the best of this one. But he says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God? And how pre- but but new li- the, new, the New International Version, the ESV says, how precious are my thoughts about you, O God? When was the last time you were able to sit down and genuinely feel the preciousness and the treasure of a thought about God. Again, man, we get stuck into our circumstances. We get stuck into our paths. We get stuck into our down trivia, like our, the, the, the really the major parts of our life. We get so stuck by that that it paralyzes us. And what David's practicing here for everybody, for literally generations, is pulling out of all of that to be able to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. And so if there's anything that you can do this summer is to really practice that, is, is to pull right out of it and say, God, thank you for you. How precious to me are your thoughts? And how precious to you are your thoughts about me? Like you, you, like you have all of this back and forth. Again, he's got this deep relationship with God. To the point where he's saying, God, I just wish that you'd get rid of everyone who speaks badly about you. That there's a defense, that there's something that is close to it. It reminds me of the quick parable in Matthew chapter 13 where it says, where it says this. If you go to Matthew 13, it says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. And I just would challenge you today, is that Jesus for you? Is that Jesus for you? Like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to go sell all that I got so that I can have the, the field with the treasure in it. The kingdom of heaven is something that's literally asking us to own every part of us, our emotions, our mentality, our thoughts, our, our entire approach to life. He, he wants you. Just how precious to me are your thoughts? I love C.S. Lewis, the way he talks about this where he says this, it would seem that our, law, our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. Don't you love this? I, I, it's a lot of times you talk about in church world that desires are not something for the church, that we need to lay all of our desires down so that we can actually, no, no, no. What, 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 what God actually does is he says, I want you to live your desires, but I want you to live them in the way that I designed you to. So he says, C.S. Lewis is pointing out, but you, you might, your desires are actually too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drinking and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant 
by the offer of a holiday at the sea, we are far too easily pleased. That's what he's saying. He said, I want you, your desires, I want everything about your heart because you're precious to me. Someone in here needs to be reminded about that. It's quiet. It's, it's, it, you feel like God is distant. But he said, no, no, I, I, I'm here. And I want you to have the same thoughts about me. And so I challenge you today. When was the last time you were able to sit down and genuinely feel gratitude that you're known by the creator of the universe? Look, I know you can figure it all out. I get you. We got some servants in here. We got all sorts of things in here. But that is nothing in comparison to actually being filled by the creator of the universe. We got some smart people. We got some workhorses. We got our churches full of some of the most dedicated people I've ever met in my life. And we need to make sure that our heart is being filled by the preciousness of God. Oh God, how precious to me are your thoughts. And I pray today that that's something that can come out. What I love about David, though, is he doesn't stop there. He says, thank you, God. We can be thankful for, for the fact that you know everything about me, for the fact that I can never get away from you, from the fact that you are so precious to me. But then he says he ends the whole thing with, so please make me like you. So he, he finishes up, he, he, he says this, so, so search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. What I love about this, this, this little thing here is this. He says, search me and know my heart. I like that one. Don't you like that one? Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Don't like that one. We'll put that one on the table over here. Test me and know my heart. Don't like that one. But today in here, you might be in that type of a test. And here's the point of the test. Think about what your thoughts are. What is your first thought? Is it, is it display a lordship in Jesus? Does it display a following of Christ? Does it display everything you need to know about him? Test me and know my thoughts. You want even my thoughts, God. And he will do what he can to say, hey, look, your thoughts aren't based off Christ. Your thoughts aren't centered on me. And I need you. I need everything about you to be lined up. Test me and know my thoughts. He says, see if there's anything in me that offends you. See if there's anything in me that offends you. Lead me in the way of everlasting life. See, a lot of times what we think is everlasting life comes later. If we just do this life well, if we just, if we just hang out now just long enough and one fine day we'll, we'll get out of here and Jesus is going to make sure everything is good. But what David seems to be doing is inviting us into the everlasting life today. He says, lead me now in this everlasting life. That there's something about today that our desires, that our goals, that our, our thoughts, that our, our feelings, that everything about us can be tied up into the person of Jesus. Oh God, lead me along the path of everlasting life. 
Search me and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. What Jesus is doing here today, for some of you, is he's, he's inviting you to come out of hiding. You think you can run away and in your shame, you kind of just kind of, you kind of hang out by yourself. And God, certainly you couldn't love this. Certainly you couldn't be in this. No, 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 no. I, no, no. This is so bad for me. And what we do is we put our head down and we just get to the plow and they say, if we work hard enough, we'll eventually look up and one day we'll look our heads up and we, we'll have a field full of something to harvest. You just work hard enough. Just do it. And what David's saying, hey, come out of hiding. Look up. Lift your eyes. You're not full of shame. You're not full of guilt. That's all been rested upon the person of Jesus and everything about who you are is found in him. Oh, God, search us. Know our hearts. See if there's anything offensive in us. God, we know that the desires of our hearts, we know that the desires of our minds, we know the desires of our entire being, be lined up in you.